We're back with more Week 9 recap. We got J.J. Jackson from Locked on Blue Devils in the building, and I'm sure he has a lot to talk with us today about his school, but also the school down the street as they're struggling as well. Everyone's trying to figure it out over here in the triangle, how to be their best selves when it comes to football. Maybe we are just going to move on to basketball. I feel like it's about that time. Let's talk to J.J. about Carolina. We'll talk about Virginia Tech. We'll also talk about Duke and where things stand from the coastal and Atlantic standpoint. Here we go. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There it is. I didn't make JJ in the building, so boom. (laughs) It's Monday. We're recording on a Monday night, so you know how it goes. But JJ Jackson in the building, thank you guys so much for joining us, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. Locked on ACC Podcast is available everywhere. You can also find JJ Jackson Locked on Blue Devils Podcast. Follow him on his Twitter handle below. JJ, welcome to the show. Hope you had a great weekend. Same to you, Candice. I hope that you had a great weekend as well. We're getting closer uh, to uh, look basketball season, which is always exciting in the land of Duke athletics, but uh, football season is definitely in full swing. We've got a year that's unlike any other in years past where Clemson is not dominating the conference. So it makes every single Saturday super, super intriguing and fun to watch. So I can't wait to get into today's show. We got a lot to talk about with you today. No doubt. And before we get in, I just have to say the setup is nice. I like that. I like the, is it velvet in the it background? Is velvet. How about that? <laughs> okay. Okay. Little, little radio studio that I'm working out <laughs> of here. And uh, yeah, we got a good look here. There we go. We always got to get things set the mood because we know it's going to be a <laughs> spicy show. All right. We are going to talk about Carolina first because we all know that's JJ's favorite. But the Tar Heels <laughs> traveled to South Bend to play Notre Dame, our halfway, our half brother when it comes to ACC, right? They beat them 44 to 34 and Notre Dame obviously was not the team that everyone expected going into this year. They've been exposed. We thought Carolina could absolutely increase or highlight that even more. But unfortunately, Carolina's defense just could not get it done in a game where Sam Howell graded out to be 90 plus, you know, overall on the performance. He still is always scratching his head at the defensive side of the ball, like, guys, I'm doing everything. And yet, and still, we can't quite get it done. He was 341 yards on the day, one touchdown, one interception. But for me, the biggest part of that game was the fact that he used more weapons than Josh Downs. Like, it wasn't just a Josh Downs show, Josh Downs show, and then everyone else was kind of just playing second fiddle. You found out that he had guys who are making their first reception out of the year in in week nine figuring things out but still when it came to that defense they just couldn't quite get it done I want to know your thoughts JJ around the game as a whole but more importantly you know as Notre Dame do you think it was always a give me or did Carolina look like they had some fight in them yeah no I think it's interesting I said a moment ago that we're getting closer to basketball season Candace which means that uh, I guess officially we get to welcome Notre Dame back into the kind of the locked on ACC conversation because uh, <laughs> we kind of ignore them during football season, although they do play so many teams in the conference. Right. When you look at this game in particular, you're right. I did think receiving for North Carolina, you did see more weapons. Antoine Green caught the touchdown pass from Sam Howell today. Josh Downs wasn't the only weapon, but guess what? Josh Downs still got his 10 catches for 142 yards. That guy is such a dynamic playmaker. Sam Howell was able to play so well himself, had a rushing touchdown, 
led the team in rushing yards. And still, that's not a knock on what Ty Chandler was able to do out of the backfield because Ty Chandler was still averaging over five yards per carry. They just kind of stopped handing him the football because they were doing so well throwing the ball and able to move the ball down the field that way. In terms of Notre Dame and what this win does for them, obviously it keeps them afloat in the top 10, top 15 in the college football landscape. But for North Carolina, you're frustrated because when you looked at this game at the beginning of the season, you obviously thought that you'd be playing for a whole lot more than for a game that brought your record to 4-4 four and four on the year. So uh, it's definitely not where I thought the Tar Heels would be, but kudos to them for being competitive because there were moments, Candace, where it was like, oh boy, this is going to get ugly quickly. And it just didn't. Carolina kept fighting. The Tar Heels kept fighting and fighting and fighting and uh, ultimately did come up on the losing front. But I was impressed with how much they fought. You know, I'm so over us having these moral victories. I can't even lie to you. Like, I'm absolutely over the moral victories because going into this season, we were the number 10 team in the country. And the fact that we're going to play the number 10 team in the country coming up this weekend is mind-boggling to me that we are not in the conversation. Four losses that are just simply inexplicable but more than that i wanted to touch on one of our comments from our friends here at locked on acc she was talking about carolina's defense saying the guys keep playing on defense won't hit they may have upper class seniors and have a little more understanding of the system but what good is that if they keep whipping tackles Whoo, honey preach fundamentals you got to know how to tackle football is a man's game she says you may fool some people but you are not fooling me usually a player that is doing the whipping is scared okay they are also playing players who lack speed to run down opposing players and i don't understand that either quit playing all these complicated schemes and get down to some hardcore hitting in the trenches and force your will upon them everyone can't be a superstar and a team player too And I'm just sitting here like, finally, someone understands what I'm going through when it comes to this Carolina defense. It's frustrating. And now even the people that have been advocating for Coach Bateman, the the defensive coordinator, it's hard to keep advocating for a guy when you see and feel as if Carolina's defense is regressed. Like, they, to me, they've gotten worse. Yeah, here's where we're at when you talk about tackling, which was awesome that that someone listening to the program brought this up. And um, of course, we appreciate everybody that listens and uh, loves what we have to say and kind of helps us smart by realizing what's out there as well in the game. Kim Kelly led mm-hmm. Carolina in tackles on Saturday. This is a, a player that obviously was recruited by tons of programs across the country in college football, actually started his football career playing at Auburn before right. transferring to North Carolina. He led the Tar Heels in tackles, Candace, and let me tell you why that's a problem. He's mm-hmm. a defensive back, right? Yeah. I don't think if you're a successful defense at any given moment do you want your defensive back leading your team in tackles. He had 12 on Saturday versus Notre Dame. That means that your linebackers in the middle of the field missed tackles, weren't given that opportunity, or you know your defensive line wasn't able to get the stop on run plays. They weren't able to affect the passing game for there to be less completions if your defensive line is able to get into the backfield and affect what the quarterback's able to do. So the fact that you had a DB lead your team in tackles is not a good sign for this defense. Listen, Tamon Fox, Tamari Fox, we thought the Fox brothers were going to be this one-two punch. I don't know if you've ever seen the Mighty Ducks where they had like the bruise, like bruiser brothers. I don't know what, it, you know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah, yes. exactly. Okay. 
they had the one-two punch where they were just going to come in and wreck stuff and keep it pushing. Like I was ex- fully expecting that. I was expecting Jeremiah Gimmel to step up in a big way and fill that um, Chaz Surratt role, but it just has not translated. The guys look like they're just out there crazy. And Don Chapman, two really big penalties to keep drives going for Notre Dame. And then, of course, the big Kyron Williams run during the game that just ultimately sealed, took the wind out of every Carolina fan's sail because, yes, people get held short. That's there, But the refs don't call that as much as they should. We know that. There's no excuse, though, right? At the end of the day, you play the game. You don't let it come down to the refs. And that's exactly what Carolina did and ultimately did not go in their favor. Where that leaves them now, there's a lot that remains to be seen about how we move forward with this team. But I I hope and pray things are done in the offseason because if not, I don't know. I I don't know. I might have to tap out. I might have to just be a basketball fan. And that's not even me, but I might have to go ahead. (laughs) Which is crazy because this is a North Carolina team that all summer long we were talking Mac is back. Mac is back. Mac is back. Like they were taking really big strides as a football program. And look, I'm not going to sit here and you're not either, Candace, and deny the talent and the resume and what Mac Brown has been able to do throughout his Hall of Fame career, obviously this being his second stop there in Chapel Hill. But he is getting older, right? And that that has to speak for itself. Duke is certainly going through that right now with David Cutcliffe. And if you're not getting results, then obviously you do need to try something differently. That's the definition of insanity, trying to do the same thing over and over and expecting that the outcome is going to be any different because it's not. And so we'll see what North Carolina does in the future. You're right. They do need to make changes of some regard because, quite frankly, they have missed. And I don't know that there is a team in college football that has missed as much as North Carolina with what we thought they would be versus what they actually are. Outside of Clemson, I'll give Clemson that crown because so many people Mm -hmm. thought they would run away with the conference, myself included, that they would be in the mix for the college football playoff, myself included. They're not there. But outside of Clemson, North Carolina has been awful in terms of meeting expectations. Couldn't have said it better myself, JJ. There are other schools that we want to go over on today's show. We're going to talk about Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, and how that could disrupt the Coastal, but also want to hit on JJ's team, Duke Blue Devils, which he covers on the Locked on Blue Devils podcast. But first, listen, if you have not yet, I strongly encourage you to get down this college sports daily fantasy, and that is prize picks. It offers more college props than anyone in the world and offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. And I'm going to give you a little hint. You got my promo code locked on. I'm giving it to you. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Use that promo code. All the users that deposit, you can use it to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars prize picks allows even mixed entries so whatever you're feeling on the weekend going into week 10 for college football you can set yourself up nicely use the award-winning app on both the app store and google play as you can make your picks in 60 seconds or less it's safe and offers fast withdrawals don't hesitate check out prizepicks.com using promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today prize picks is daily fantasy made easy All right here, all right here. We have got to go over this Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech matchup. 
We all know that Virginia Tech loves to play spoiler. They like to like interrupt things, right? They want to make sure that their team across the way in Charlottesville does not have an opportunity to go to the ACC championship. But how they do that, they keep winning. In their 26-17 win over the Yellow Jackets, it felt as if they're finally finding a rhythm. I wouldn't say the rhythm, right? Coming off that Syracuse loss, you know you had to bounce back in a big way. But more so, this Georgia Tech team, you didn't know who you were going to get. You could get a team that puts up 45 against the Carolina, or you can get a team that can't quite figure it out. And unfortunately for the Hokies, they were able to do so. JJ, let's talk about these Hokies right quick and why they are a team that we still have to keep our eye on in the Coastal. Yeah, they had to go all the way back to September 25th, Kansas, to find the last time Virginia Tech won a football game. And that was when they beat Richmond, excuse me, 21 to 10. Like not even an impressive final score against a school like Richmond did Virginia Tech win that football game. Then it's a three-point loss to Notre Dame. They yeah. lose 28-7 to versus Pittsburgh and lose by five to Syracuse. So the fact that Virginia Tech was able to win on the road also versus right. Georgia Tech over the weekend by nine, I thought was really impressive. This football team had one of its best games of the season so far. And, uh, yeah, I was just impressed with what the Hokies did. Yeah, absolutely. And then looking on the Georgia Tech front, it seems as if though Jeff Sims – He's staying like stagnant. It's not exactly the biggest growth I've seen, but also just in terms of being confident in the pocket, right? Trying to deliver to your guys. And I thought we were going to have a bigger year talking about Jameer Gibbs, but and I thought he was going to be the same conversations that we have with Sean Tucker and Mateo Durant. And while he certainly is delivering, it just feels as if there's always a disconnect for that Georgia Tech offense. I don't know if that's a Coach Collins thing or what have you, but I'm just curious to see how they bounce back for the rest of the season. And I don't think it's either of the two, honestly, Candace. Okay. You, know what I, you know what I think it is? I think when you look at Jeff Sims and Jameer Gibbs and what I certainly have forgotten about, they're freshmen. Like, mm. I just had to look and, like, confirm, wait, are these guys – because that's credit to them, honestly, okay. for how much of a name they've already made for themselves – in the ACC, that they're sure. only freshmen. Like, this is going to happen. Jeff Collins is still trying to establish that Georgia Tech program. Having not done that yet means that you don't necessarily have the upper-class leadership that you're looking for for guys who know what a Coach Collins program looks like throughout the duration of your entire career. His two guys on offense are both freshmen. They will continue to improve throughout their time they're playing on the flats in Atlanta. I think that they're going to be in a good position moving forward. And, uh, yeah, I feel much better reminding myself, like, hey, these guys are freshmen. They're going to have ups and downs, and they're going to figure it out. So, JJ, basically what you're telling me is to be patient. That's what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> I think so. I think so. No doubt. I can absolutely do that. You know, I'm I'm feeling as though I put a lot of pressure on these guys. I'm going to take a step back. Cool, cool, cool. But I am putting pressure on Virginia Tech because they have some good games ahead of them that they absolutely can be in the fight for. They play Boston College next. Then they have Duke. They play Miami. And then they finish with Virginia. Now, to sit there and say that they can win these four games, it's not impossible. Right. Well, their Miami team is doing a lot better than folks. Well, we thought they were going to be great. They're actually coming back and delivering. Right. Tyler Van Dyke is certainly having himself a season. But to me, the Hokies can certainly put themselves in conversations for the rest of these matchups. What are your thoughts on the Coastal and just where Virginia Tech sits? Let's just talk about these last four games of the season for Virginia Tech. Right. Because this is honestly where we're at at this point of the year in terms of the ACC standings and that sort of thing. You mentioned they play at Boston College. Let me just read the records for everybody out for these football Please. games, okay? 4-4 four and four Virginia Tech playing 4-4 four and four Boston College. 4-4 four and four Virginia Tech then hosting 3-5 and five Duke. 
Four and four Virginia Tech, then traveling to four and four Miami. Four and four Virginia Tech taking on six and three Virginia. Okay, I know those records are going to change as more teams play games throughout. But just looking at this last month of the year for Virginia Tech, like none of those games are truly exciting on a mm-hmm. national perspective because no one's going to care about a 500 football team playing another 500 football team. However, we do have some things that still need to be sorted out in terms of the hierarchy of that division uh, there with the the coastal for Virginia Tech and what they can make of it if they can make some noise and make some runs. But uh, yeah, just looking at the outside, the outside perspective, right? What the national college football scene might see when they look at the final four games for Virginia Tech, you're not intrigued. And that's a shame because this is a program that has gained relevancy under Frank Beamer's tenure. We've gotten to where we know who Justin Fuente is as a head football coach. It's got to be put up or shut up time for Justin Fuente or those fans in Blacksburg who really, really, really love their football are going to be, they probably already are, but they're going to be asking for a change. Absolutely. And listen, Virginia Tech currently sits fourth in the conference standings. They have to you know, try and beat a UVA team and they're going to need help. But Pitt is certainly trying to help them out. They lost to Miami. They are definitely a team that has to go play Duke. And I'm not saying that Duke is desperate for a win, but they're desperate for a win. And crazier things have happened in Duke-Pitt games. Like, I can sit here and say I've witnessed some of the wildest experiences in Duke and Pitt. So you just never know because they absolutely were in that Georgia Tech game. So I'm not saying it's impossible. But you also look at the Virginia game, the loss of Brendan Armstrong. That's a huge loss for the Cavaliers. And why not the Hokies? So, and UNC, I just, you know, I'm putting them to the put them to the side. So I don't even think, <laughs> think that they're going to finish out on top, even though there is still a you know statistically a possibility. But that's what makes this coastal crazy, and that's what makes it interesting. And Ian, I know you mentioned the four and four, but it's almost must-see TV to me if you're trying to figure out who is going to be in Charlotte in December. Yeah, you got to figure it out. I mean, look, it's it's a <laughs> deal where we thought we would know kind of what to expect in terms of the ACC championship game before the year started. Like, we were so convinced that Clemson was going to be there. North Carolina was probably going to be there as well. Like, that was going – but that's not the case. Wake yeah. Forest won this past Saturday a big win versus Duke. Uh, that was not competitive. And now Wake Forest on uh, tonight. Tonight we'll have the first college football playoff ranking show of the year. Like the Demon Dinkins are probably going to be a top 10 football team in the country, which is wild to think about, Candace. <laughs> like no one thought we no. were going to be in this position. I don't know the answer. I got to call up our friends over at Bet Online to try and figure out the answer. Like what would have been the odds before the year started that Wake Forest was going to be the team in the top 10 in the ACC when those first college football playoff rankings came out. Absolutely. My goodness, that'd be a good return. <laughs> and Kenton tried to say that he would, he would put Wake as a dark horse. I'm like, that, that horse was blind. Like you didn't even, <laughs> you had no idea. You can't fool me otherwise, but no, I a hundred percent agree. And I think that it's going to be interesting down the stretch because they have a tough road ahead, but I want to talk about Wake Forest because they did play your Duke blue devils. And, you know, we had to start having the same conversations. We had a Mac, Bra- uh, Mac Brown at UNC. I'm going to have those about coach Cutcliffe here. After I remind you guys that we're going into week 10 
for college football. And we are about to start college basketball. Some teams have already got things going. JJ saw the Winston-Salem State Duke basketball game over the past week. And Carolina will play Elizabeth City State University coming into Friday. So there's so many matchups that you can get in on the action. And you have to do that with the number one spot for all of the basketball and football. And that is Bet Online. Head to their new updated website or use their mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code locked on. Yes, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to receive your bonus. They have more than just basketball and football, though. They've got baseball postseason. Know you're interested in that World Series action. NHL, shout out to the Carolina Hurricanes, 8-0 start. Boxing and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all these amazing offers available to you. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. It is simply where the game starts. So we're wrapping up today's show here with Locked on Blue Devils host J.J. Jackson. And as we had mentioned, had the opportunity to see the Wake Forest Duke game, 45-7 to loss for the Blue Devils and kept rolling for the Demon Deacons. They're feeling good about themselves, of course, but there's conversations on the other side of things as we have guys like Mateo Durant, who, if I got to give you some stats here, second in rushing attempts, total touchdowns by running back, rushing yards, and third in all-purpose yards. And he can, and yet and still is looking for his first conference win with the team. I know that has to be frustrating, but for you as someone who covers this squad, what kind of bright spots can we see? Let's start there. What kind of bright spots can we see with this program? <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> expecting this question, Candace. Like, you I'll, know? I'll, I'll be honest. And you've, you've definitely known this, uh, getting to know me and obviously doing this show together. And I think people that listen to the podcast can kind of pick up on this as well. I'm an optimist by nature. I've always been an optimist uh, in everything that I do, watching sports, being a fan. It hasn't changed whatsoever. I'm always looking for the bright side. So I love that you're asking me about that, right? (laughs) However, what I was ready to say today is that, like, throughout the season, it's becoming more clear that, like, okay, something has to be done. Like, this just is not working. It's time for something to change. I think a bright spot for this Duke football team has, uh, we didn't want to talk about it a little bit earlier, but it is true. This team has fought, right? Like they're not playing good football right now. There were a hundred consecutive points scored by an opponent this season before Duke found the end zone or the scoreboard themselves. They missed field goals. They were throwing interceptions. They were fumbling the football and yet it's been worse, right? There have been moments in years past where Duke football was way less competitive than they have been this year. So I think the fight has been a positive for this program. I do think Gunnar Holmberg has started to take steps in the right direction to develop himself into being a quarterback. We saw some a freshman quarterback, Riley Leonard, this past weekend. That looked great. And uh, obviously this will be the final ride for Mateo Durant playing in the backfield for Duke. But boy, he's been special and fun to watch. Absolutely. And you know, it's another thing, not just to say they are fighting hard, but the fact that we're even having the conversation about Duke being disappointing, that to me speaks volumes of where Coach Cutcliffe has brought the program. Because normally it's just, oh, it's Duke. Like, of yeah. course, that's an easy win. It is what it is. <laughs> but the fact that they've even been in games and been competitive, and I honestly wish they had beat Georgia Tech because we'd be having a different conversation. I think if they had got that moral win and actual win, we'd be having a different conversation about this program. But you're absolutely right. It's time to reevaluate and reassess you know from all standpoints it just sucks that you know someone who's done so much for football is ha- going out like this right you you want a little bit more for him 
going to yeah, buy yeah. him and Coach Cutcliffe. For sure. And Coach Cutcliffe getting up there in age. He turned 67 this past uh, September uh, over the weekend on Halloween. Kind of ominous, but on Halloween, that's Nick Saban's birthday. He turned 70 years old. Outside of Nick Saban, I don't know that there's a coach at that age that is able to do this at that mm-hmm. high of a level, right? We see Mac Brown getting up there in years. Uh, he's been a little bit more successful at North Carolina than Coach Cutcliffe has been at Duke. But uh, I just I think at a certain point, it's hard. It, basketball, yeah. Coach K is going through that right now in his final year. Roy Williams did the same thing. But the difference in basketball versus football, Candace, pretty simple. Roster size, right? Yeah. I only have to worry about 12 <laughs> to 15 guys if I'm a basketball coach. Right. Football, it feels like there are a million different players and coaches and support staff that you've got to be able to manage and be on your A game every single day. And I don't know that Cutcliffe is there. And that's okay because, yeah. as you said, he's already done so much for the school, for the program, for the sport. It's yeah. okay if it's time for him to walk away. No doubt. And I'm cool with figureheads. Like I'm cool with the manager. I'm cool with Matt Brown wanted to be Mr. Yeah. Daddy management. You got to yeah. have a hell of a coordinator on the <laughs> offense defensive side. Like you got to have somebody who does all the day-to-day work, who knows everybody's name, who knows everybody's story. Like, and neither of them have that in my opinion. So I think no that's doubt. what you stress about and why it has not translated on the field because they're not sitting pretty like there. You could just look at Mac Brown's face and it's flush as hell. So I absolutely agree that sometimes you just have to know same way you know coach Roy and coach K knew sometimes you just gotta know when it's your time and I'm perfectly fine with that JJ always fun my guy it's always a pleasure to talk to you I really appreciate the conversation and I know clearly our fans because we have fans now (laughs) want to know where they can find you and follow your work for sure if you're watching us on YouTube thanks for doing that make sure you subscribe to this channel as well turn those post notifications on because Candace does a great job with the show every week and I'm honored to be a part of the crew Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore Locked On Blue Devils is available wherever you get your podcast. As you mentioned briefly, Duke did have an exhibition game versus Winston-Salem State. They won by five million. Uh, don't <laughs> fact check me on that. That's fun. It was an uh, exciting debut for this basketball team in Coach K's final year. So we're talking about that. This is our Tuesday show of Locked On ACC. Excited that you can go from this to Locked On Blue Devils. And Candace and I are doing the same thing, having a much deeper conversation about the Duke football program and what's to come. So, uh, yeah, just excited to be here every single Tuesday. Thanks, Candace. Yeah, no doubt. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Make sure you come back tomorrow as we have A.J. Black from Locked On Boston College in the building to give us some power rankings. We'll go over that from a coaching standpoint, from a team standpoint, all of it. You never know what A.J. is going to bring you. For Candace Cooper and J.J. Jackson, hope you guys have a great day. Until next time.